Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So Adam, the other day I'm sitting at the table with my daughter and she's having dinner and I used the word genre and she said, and my daughter's four, and she said, what's genre? And I said, well, it's it's a type of something. So like a TV show. So you'd say different types of TV shows. TV shows have different genres like comedies. They make you laugh, sports, drama. And she said, well, what's drama? And I said, well, a drama is something that can make you emotional. It can make you happy. It can make you sad. It can make you cry. And she said, oh, so this is us as a drama? I said, yeah. How did you know? She said, well, because you cry every week. And and mom and mom doesn't, right? I said, you're right. I cry every week. I have a lump in my throat every episode. And if I don't cry during the episode, I cry at the previews for next week. But I cry every single episode. She said, why doesn't mom cry? I said, well, that's a good question. And I didn't want to tell I didn't want to tell my daughter that I question my wife's heart sometimes. But I, I said that is a good question, Eden, and uh, and I don't know, um, but uh, but I'm sure mom does get sad sometimes. I love that. I love that. So Noah, you're a crier. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I get that from my mom. Like I'll cry at commercials. So when my mom, I remember being in the movie theater seeing The Lion King when we were kids. And my dad looking over at the two of us and saying, are you two crying? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the two of us are crying. Yeah, that's me. It was, I hope it was the scene when the lion died, though, at least, right? Uh, I guess we're over spoiler alerts. It's been about 30 years. Uh, yes, yes. Okay, just wanted to make yeah. sure. I, yeah. You know, speaking of crying, I, I have a story for you. you know, so in college, I uh, had an intramural teammate who was a complete lunatic. I love him to death. And I, and I, I say that in the most endearing of terms. He, he, he's a sweet guy. He's such a good person. But when we were in school together, he was one of the most competitive. He was the most competitive person I've ever been around. We'd, we'd go to shoot around and go to the gym, and we'd just be shooting around talking, and he'd immediately want to play one-on-one. And the moment we started, if I started to hit shots, he's cursing, yelling at me, going crazy. One of these guys on the basketball court, excellent athlete, but was a gnat you know, would just drive you crazy. And he was mm-hmm. tough. He's a strong kid, had played football in high school, was recruited to play football in college. And he was on a very, very good high school basketball team in Massachusetts. And uh, so anyway, we're in college together and we're playing in an intramural game. And he just starts talking trash to the guy that he's guarding and driving him crazy. And he would do this every game. But this one kid in particular was getting so fired up that finally on one possession, the kid is bringing the ball down the court and my buddy, Eric Thompson's his name, so I'm going to make sure he listens to this. And Thompson is just jawing at this kid, and the kid's dribbling the ball, dribbling the ball. Finally, the kid, while keeping his dribble, pulls back and punches Thompson in the face. Whoa! During the middle of the game, while he's keeping his dribble. And the thing was, 
the refs were so annoyed by the way Thompson was talking that they gave them both technicals Whoa. for it. They gave them both technicals for it, and that was and that was basically it. So the refs were that annoyed by the way that Thompson was that uh, both those guys got technicals. I've never seen a guy throw a punch before and keep his dribble. It was really impressive. Whoa, so, whoa. so wait, what did you do? Uh, laughed. We all laughed. We thought it was hysterical. We were probably the first teammates in history that saw their teammate get punched and laughed about it because we so had it, thought it, about it, it doing that for a long time. It didn't lead to a fight? No. No, it didn't lead to a fight. It, Thompson was the kind of guy that was sort of ready for all this kind of thing because he was always in your face and knew that at any point that you would go off, and, and he sort of reveled in it. So, yeah, they both got technicals. I mean, how does Thompson get a technical for getting punched in the face while playing defense? It was incredible. Man. Yeah, I guess that was that was some transition you made. Speaking of crying, yeah, that's uh, yeah, a dynamite, dynamite transition. The Catch and Shoot podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Catch and Shoot goes well with both red and white, and is perfect with a workout of your choice. Our co-hosts are on both coasts, and they have all of NBA Nation covered. Adam Stanko in the Bay Area, and Noah Kozlov in the Big Apple. The Catch and Shoot podcast brought to you by Pure Hoops Media, and as the Beatles sang in Sgt. Pepper, we hope you enjoy the show. I guess I'm not going to sing anymore. We have three weekly podcasts. This one called Catch and Shoot with me, Noah Kozlov, and Adam Stanko. That drops every Wednesday. Pure Hoops Media also presents the Pure Hoops podcast with NBA champion BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. And then that show drops on Friday. And then you've got the Wise-Ass Show featuring Mike Wise. The Wise-Ass drops in for visits on Monday. So please subscribe. Tell your friends. They'll thank you. And so will we. Time to hit the spread. All right, so it's going to be all Anthony Davis until we go off the rails. And then we talk about next week's headlines later in the show, Adam. So I've purposely not listened to... Any other? I've read a few things, but I've purposely not listened to any other podcasts so far this week as we record this on Tuesday night. So nothing Sunday night, nothing Monday, nothing during the day today about Anthony Davis. So my first thought was, all right, yeah, of course, not not surprised. I heard, and we had even talked about it, I think, on our first episode a few weeks ago, that I've been told already that he is that he is checked out. Are you surprised? And, and that's how we'll get the conversation started. Are we? Are you surprised at all about? The timing of this? Uh, no, I'm not surprised about the timing. First of all, because you had brought it up a couple of weeks ago with your insider information. I love that. By the yeah, way, right. that you were the first on the uh, Anthony Davis story. Yeah, first, uh, first one, yeah. <laughs> the first guy. Uh, you sources say uh, right, right, right. But I, I, you know, I think the whole thing is is fascinating for a multitude of reasons. But as far as the timing is concerned, I, I think it's interesting more than more than even a surprise. I, I think what makes it so fascinating to me is that in these situations where players are demanding a trade, it's oftentimes when their contract is expiring in that given year, which forces the team's hand. This one, obviously, so unique in the sense that he turns down the, the Supermax, which sort of gets us away from the old basketball adage of all NBA players care about are money, minutes, and shots. Uh, and I think it shows in a lot of ways, and we touched on this a couple of weeks ago, but the idea that times are changing in that regard and that, mm-hmm. that now all of a sudden, and I, I talked to uh, Don McClain about this, 
you know, played in the NBA for, for 10 years, former most improved player in the league. And, and I asked Don about why he this was most happen. improved player. He did. He did his second year. Really? Second year. I, I yep. have some, I have something against second year players, by the way, winning most improved player. Like that's like totally the whole, fair. that's like the whole Chris Rock thing about like, I take care of my kids and like, well, yeah, you're supposed to, what you want to cook eat? Like, like the second year in the second year in the league, you're supposed to get better. And even more annoying than that is when they give it to the guy that just happened to get more playing time. So of course his numbers improve. Yeah. Like we always knew the, he didn't get any better. It's just, he got more opportunity. It shouldn't be the most opportunistic player. It should just literally be the most improved. That's a pet peeve of mine. But the interesting thing that Don did say about this whole thing. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. He dropped, I just looked it up. He scored 18 a game in 94. Yes. yes. Don Man, is, did, Don did is UCLA's. Don is UCLA's all-time leading scorer. He's the Pac-12's all-time leading scorer. Right, I know, and, and, that, and that question, that trivia question is the all-timer. Like, you ask people that about UCLA, and the people will guess, like, 15 names. Actually, I'd say they'll guess, like, 30 names before they get to Don McClain, which is crazy. But, but I just don't remember him ever scoring 18 a game at all in the NBA. That's wild. Yeah, he was, he was much better than, than he gets credit for. His, yeah, well, uh, it's, a, it's a good thing he got traded for Robert Pack. That's what I'm looking at now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nuggets okay. legend Robert Pack. You, you're yeah, just that. Just ask him that way. Yeah, I think he's. The, I think he's. I think he's a coach now, Robert Pack. I think he is too. Anyway, I think you're right. So, the, but Don's point on this, and I thought it was fascinating. He works out a lot of guys for for the NBA draft, uh, and he brought up the point that, in a weird way, we may have passed the money threshold where guys are making so much now. That, of course, the difference between 240 million and 208 million is a big deal. Of course, that we're talking over 30 million dollars. But his point on this is that at a certain point, guys are realizing it almost doesn't matter. And we've always said that. Like, how can guys complain about feeding their family or making sure they have enough money? They're making millions upon millions. But now guys have made so much money and are seeing sort of the bigger picture. And so I, I, I just think though. That with this, with the financials, I think the most fascinating part to me is that Anthony Davis and Clutch Sports and his agent Rich Paul are trying to manipulate the situation when a team could trade for him and have two playoff runs with him, which is why I think the Lakers thing is, is bananas and we'll get to it, I'm sure. But so to me, you talk about the timing of this. I know they want to force their hand and before the trade deadline, but you could be a playoff team and trade for him and get Two playoff runs out of Anthony Davis. I find mm-hmm. that fascinating to me, that it opens up the door of possibilities. Because typically you have a Jimmy Butler situation or even a Paul George situation where the team is like, all right, well, I'm going to get him for a year and then hope I can convince him to stay and, and hope that he agrees even to go to that place in the first place. He doesn't have to agree to go anywhere, and the Pelicans could say, hey, we're sending you to Toronto, and that's where he ends up. And guess what? Toronto's going to get some value because they're going to have him for two playoff runs. Right, exactly, and and that's – I forget who it was. I want to say it was someone on Simmons' podcast, but I don't think it was Bill Moose's guest who, who coined the term pre-agency, that, mm-hmm. it's the, that it's the year before free agency. It's your, it's your pre-free agency, so pre-agency, and, that, and that's a real thing. And in the NBA now, guys are – like that's where you're looking ahead. I mean, Howard Beck from Bleach Report wrote that whole thing about next year being the, the Giannis pre-agency year. And that's so. Front offices are now are now looking ahead at that. So yeah. So I think it. I think you said it right. It opens it up for Anthony Davis to go 
any number of places because you don't even need the, depending on where you are in your timeline with the veterans on your team and, and how you view your squad, then you don't have to be looking at it as, all right, well, all right, well, if we don't win this year, then all right, then we'll just blow it up because you do get him for another year. So you mentioned Toronto. So having Anthony Davis, could that convince Kawhi to stay? Well, I don't know. But if you don't even, but if you don't have him, if you lose Kawhi, then maybe it's Anthony Davis who takes the Raptors to the Eastern Conference Finals, or maybe the, or to the NBA Finals, or, or maybe it's the Bucks that could do it and keep them for two years, and then you've got Giannis there with them. So, but again, also when thinking about trades, you got to think about who's coming back in return, and do the Pelicans are, are the Pelicans getting? So, I mean, every team could use Anthony Davis. Just a matter of what do the Pelicans want in return, and are the Pelicans are thinking. All right, we're going to get rid of Anthony Davis. We're going to tank, or we're going to keep. We're going to have. We're going to hold on to Drew Holiday and not trade Drew with Anthony Davis, which they could do. Mm-hmm. And then we'll try to then we'll try to compete and stay relevant, which you know is obviously much more difficult in the Western Conference. So I was starting to think about the deals that could involve Drew and Anthony and Anthony Davis, and it makes me think of the Sixers. Like if you could you could move Drew and Anthony Davis to the Sixers and Ben Simmons goes back. And I know I've you know, I always think Philadelphia first, but a framework of something like that with and then all right, throw in Miritich. I mean, you could just you could really change the fortunes of the Sixers, and I also think then you end up um relieving the Pelicans of, of a whole lot of money also. Yeah, the the possibilities are endless. But the weird part is it feels inevitable by all the reporting and the way that everyone's talking about it. And of course the, the, the timing of this, as you, as you initially pointed out, plus rich Paul and, and clutch sports and their association with LeBron James, now close they are. Yeah. Um, it, it obviously feels that the Lakers are the team, right? So, so that's sort of the presumption that everyone's making that it's going to be the Lakers. Right. And but it's issue- so funny. It's so funny because, because Anthony Davis kind of like Kawhi, he never says anything. He doesn't see. He doesn't say anything. We're just assuming all of this from his age. Yes. Because AD, AD never says anything. Yes. But, but wouldn't you agree, though, that in this case, it, different from Kawhi, in this case, that there's, there are clear intentions from Anthony Davis. They're just being leaked by the agent, especially because his agent has that, those connections. I mean, so much of NBA reporting now, especially the big big stories come from the agents. They're the ones that, that get the information oh, out yeah. there. And so I have to assume, unlike the Kawhi situation where guys sort of guess what, you know, and we don't really know his personality. I agree. Anthony Davis does not say much publicly at all. He doesn't say anything at all publicly. We don't know Anthony Davis, um, but we know Kawhi less. But I think the Anthony Davis situation is just unique because his particular agent we know has been floating this stuff and trying to get him to play alongside LeBron. And I think, I think before we even get into the other possibilities and the other teams, and you touched on it, Sixers are one of them that's really fascinating, and the Drew Holiday factor is fascinating. I think we start with this Lakers situation. And I think we start at the beginning and say, what did the Lakers want to become when, when LeBron first joined the team? And I think that Magic, Rob Palenka, and LeBron got together and said, look, here's our game plan. Let's take it slow this first year as we figure things out. 
and our whole team can be stacked with a whole bunch of guys on one-year deals who are wild cards. The Rondos of the world, Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee. We fill up this whole roster with all these, these guys. And then from there, you, you then say, we also have the young guys. And if they pan out, the guys like Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, uh, Josh Hart, if, if those guys, and Lonzo Ball, of course, if those guys pan out, we keep them. And if not, we move on, but they're good assets. So we have tons of cap flexibility. And we have all of these expiring contracts. We can make the decision as to what our team looks like. That's the way you handle today's NBA. And yet, I think at some point this year, LeBron, while he's been sitting out, or even before, or maybe because Anthony Davis was tired in New Orleans, I think LeBron and Magic got impatient and said, scrap it. Let's try to get those guys now. Shocking. What are your thoughts? Shocking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, LeBron, I mean, I, I take everything LeBron says with, with a grain of salt when it comes to patience because that's not something that LeBron ever is. He's, he's not patient. He doesn't, he doesn't have patience in him. So when he says, yep, we're going to take it slow, our expectations are – no, no. LeBron, LeBron doesn't want to miss the playoffs, and LeBron wants to compete. LeBron, LeBron's not going to be playing in the NBA when he's not a top 10 player in the league. It's, it's, that, that being patient – and being mediocre are not options for LeBron at all. So I think totally. He, but and think, don't. But before you go on, no, don't you think that that was their initial game plan was to play at a slow role this year, or do you think LeBron never had that as an? No, intention? I don't. I don't think LeBron ever had that intention. I, and I, I don't think LeBron thought that the young guys weren't going to be as up for this as they seemed to be. Because look, they, I mean, they could have, they they could have traded for Kawhi, but there's so much pressure. And I think, I think Anthony Davis has been on the radar ever since they got LeBron and even before LeBron. It just makes it a whole lot easier because Rich Paul is involved and Kentavious Caldwell Pope is there. So Rich Paul can, could have, could be hanging around all of last year and work out this LeBron stuff. No, I, I don't think LeBron, I don't, I don't think LeBron was a, a slow roll guy ever. I mean, he talked about it with, uh, when he went back to Cleveland that first time, ah, oh, this, you know, we're going to take it slow and take it slow. And then, well, he left Andrew Wiggins out of that letter, which was smart because he knew they were going to trade him. And that was mm-hmm. it. So, but he said, you know, our expectations aren't, you know, we don't have expectations yet. No, come on. LeBron always has expectations. So I do think that the assets have diminished a little bit. But I also think the Lakers are facing immense pressure because they didn't get Paul George. And all indications are that Kawhi is not going to go there, and they and they did not trade for Kawhi, and, and you know who knows if the, if the Spurs would have done that anyway. Um, but they are under immense pressure to make this happen. But their best offer isn't go isn't better than what the Celtics' offer could be after the trade deadline, or I mean after the season ends once that designated player exception gets off, or the uh, the Rosewell gets off for um, for Kyrie. So, whatever, whatever one of those rules there are, there's so many exceptions in this in the, in the CBA. Yes. Um, but you can't have the two guys under this under similar contract. So they've got to throw everything they have to get them. But the fact is, right now, the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans hold the cards here. Pelicans. The Pelicans don't have to trade him because and and the value of AD isn't going down because they know what the Celtics can and most likely will offer. 
If that yes. wasn't on the table, it'd be a different story. Yes, I agree with all of that, and I I think that it's just fascinating to me that I think the Lakers thought that they would be just competing with the Celtics, and that's what made this rush to do it before the trade deadline would give the Lakers an advantage. Throw, as you say, the kitchen sink yeah. as an offer. But the only thing is, as we pointed out, everyone's now in play because it's before the trade deadline. Because you are. Question, real quick, though, on the Lakers. All right, so say they yeah. throw the, the kitchen sink, they throw everything. I go, oh, what, so what does that leave the Lakers this year? Like, how much, how much better are. I mean, the Lakers are, are definitely better because, because Anthony Davis is, is that good. You know, three tall, three time All NBA guy. But who who else do they have on that team? Like you're rolling out Rondo, Lance, Javel, A D and LeBron? Like and you're good you're good to go? I, well, I don't I know. So. I mean, here's the thing. If but wouldn't you make any trade? forget that it's even this one. Wouldn't you make any trade that makes you better this year? Okay? It, because I I do think Anthony Davis and LeBron and any compilation of whoever they end up keeping on their roster, um, obviously the, the marquee name for them would be Kuzma just because not only has he shown real promise this year, but also he's uh, on the books for less than two mil per moving yeah. forward. And he so loves he's, L.A. Oh, he loves yeah, L.A. Oh, he's, he's the greatest bargain ever. And we're seeing, I mean, from what he was at Utah and how he just keeps developing – whether you think that his ceiling is that high or not, he's still the best bargain in the NBA at under $2 million a year. So it gives them so much flexibility if they could keep him. And obviously, even, you know, Brandon Ingram's contract isn't even a killer, but, but that starts to get, you know, 5.7 this year, it's 7.2 next year. But, but I think you get better this year if you make that deal, if you're the Lakers. And then, in addition to that, you obviously next year – because you've got all this cap flexibility, right, you could find mil. a way. You could find a way to bring someone else in. Mm-hmm. You could find a way, and with LeBron and Anthony Davis, they're competing for a title. So if that's Clay, if that's I don't know Cousins, if that's I, I, you bring it up. I mean, I don't know that uh, we're going to end up not, seeing Kawhi there. No, nah, you're not going there. I don't think he is either. But, but. With the, all that being said, I think we're, we're talking about a situation with the Lakers where you have to do it if you're them because, okay, so you give away everything. You give away the farm, but, it, but at the end of the day, you're better this year, and then next year, wow, the, the potential is great. And then, and then they do what they did in Miami and, and fill it up with a whole bunch of guys at veterans minimum to play with three stars. I mean, I, 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 think, that's, I think that's the Lakers' play. But I, I'm so fascinated by the idea that New Orleans – ownership now has this incredible thing to figure out where they're getting a lot of public pressure obviously internally for Davis to go to the Lakers but yet they don't have to do that and if they make a deal before the deadline everyone's open for this why would you settle on the I don't care for Kuzma and Ingram and Ball and you know an expiring contract to make the the contracts work and a first-round pick that won't be that valuable. Mm. That'll, I don't care for that. There are so no, many better deals in the league like, right this now. Is, this is Anthony Davis. This is, this is bigger than Kawhi coming off injury. So, and Kawhi got you DeMar DeRozan, an all-NBA guy. So, so at, the very, at the very least, let's, let's start there with a, you know, a borderline all-NBA guy. And then set yourself up. Because... 
if they end up with if they end up with crap or guys that don't pan out, there's there's always talk about the future of the franchise in New Orleans. And what happens if they're just if they just become completely irrelevant, then then they move. Possibly. Yeah, and then look, those I can't. I, I said before that like Kyle Kuzma loves L.A. Like you're gonna have that's gonna go one of two ways. That all those guys are gonna say, all right, well LeBron didn't want us. Let's go out there and show him. Mm-hmm. And then you know they'll rise up as Pelicans at the Smoothie King Center, or it's gonna be the other way, and it's you know completely gonna fall apart. And then they're all going to say, "Nah, screw this place. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get out of here too." But again, you don't need to make the deal now, especially because you know, and I'm sure the Pelicans and Celtics have already talked. I'm sure they have. I'm sure they talked before Rich Paul came out. And yeah, is tampering? Yeah, yeah of course. But it, but it happens all the time. I'm sure they've talked. I'm sure they know what is on the table. And if you can start with Jason Tatum and a bunch of those picks that can come your way. All right, there we go. Then, then we've then we've got to start. Here's the issue with the Celtics end of it, though, as, as far as I see it. If you're the Celtics, you're going to mortgage your entire future for Anthony Davis, which, I listen, he's worth it. I mean, he's one of the few guys that, that moves the needle in terms of changes your franchise entirely, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's on that short list that you put him on any team, and he's going to make them at least competitive, and with another really good player, puts them into – elite discussion but but you're doing this if he doesn't want to go to boston and you're the pelicans and you wait until the trade deadline doesn't that celtics offer dry up a little bit though well yeah right so you've got to get from so you've got to believe in the Kyrie relationship and then you've also got to have to believe in the for the Kyrie relationship with ad but also in the Kyrie relationship with the boston celtics that Kyrie wants to be there also. And that's that's not a lock. I mean, I think no. it, would make, it, would, it would make Kyrie look pretty foolish, but that's certainly not a lock because the Celtics, I mean, it's all these, you know, it's it's Kyrie that has gone over the top to make it seem like he wants to stay there. You know, he said it on that season ticket night. He did the, the freaking commercial with his dad, yes. the, B, the BU legend, about 11 hanging it. So he said all the right things, but it's not like the Celtics have said, yeah, that's our priority is to re-sign Kyrie. They, they haven't said that. So you got to get you got to make sure that the Kyrie part is there, and then have Kyrie recruit a guy in AD to stay there. Yeah, but it's it's funny to me how for some reason that we're we're assuming that it's Lakers or Celtics, not not we being you and I, but everyone else knows is who I'm I'm referring. That's why to. That's why I brought up my Sixers first. I, I I think the Sixers are certainly interesting, and they're not the only ones. I mean. There's teams all over the league. We mentioned the Raptors are a possibility. I think Denver would be interesting if there's something that Denver could figure out. I think Portland is interesting. I, mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about teams that – here's who I would say. Teams that have an opportunity to – that will be making the playoffs if they were to add Anthony Davis this year. And then I, I, I look at it this way. A year and a half, that's a long time in NBA circles. No one knows what's going to happen after you know, we hit – 2020 so to me i i think he's totally worth there's minimal risk to trade a lot to get anthony davis for the next year and a half to get him for two playoff runs so i'd be willing to give up a lot which means i don't know anymore that the celtics offer this offseason in july is the best 
deal that's available there for the Pelicans. We thought it was, but now we start to look, and no offense to our producer Bruce Bernstein, but we now have to start asking, all right, what's what's Jalen Brown's ceiling? Has he hit it? He didn't take that leap that we expected him to this year. I love Jason Tatum, but now what other pieces are there on the Celtics? And if we say Kyrie's off the table for this, what other pieces are there that excite you if you're a Pelicans fan that are currently on the team? Forget the forget the draft picks for a moment. But just in terms of the on the team assets, Gordon Hayward do anything for you right now? Not right now, but but that's but that's a piece you can work with. Marcus Smart would do the same thing for me. So for in, right now for you, if I was to tell you that this offseason you could get uh, whatever the Celtics package could be, or you could pick from any other team in the league and their best offer as of right now, uh, where would you rank the Celtics package? Mm. Yeah, because I haven't thought through every other team's offer. I mean, I don't think, and, and to me it also depends on whether they're getting rid of Drew also. Because if you had Drew, if you had Drew Holiday with Tatum, Hayward, even Marcus Smart, but yep. smart, but, but smart's coming up on a deal too, um, and then and then those picks. But then again, picks are picks are just picks. Um, I mean the I I don't I'm not buying it. I don't I don't really believe in Terry Rozier. The Knicks aren't going to be. I mean, what is Porzingis? And and you can wait until the draft at that point to see where to see where that picks falls. Um, and unless it's you know number one, then then what is it? Um, you know, I would, I wouldn't mind something with, I like what you said about Portland and CJ McCollum's name always comes up always. Yep. So maybe like something with CJ and, and Nurkic, um, Denver certain, Den, Denver certainly has, I mean, you could, but are you going to get rid of Jamal Murray? I okay. love Jamal Murray. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, but that's what, that's what it's going to take. That's what you would have to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what it's going to take. Um, and you, and you certainly, I'd be, I'd be okay with that if I'm Denver of a package involving Jamal Murray, as long as then you end up holding on to Gary Harris and others um, so that your backcourt isn't completely depleted. I think this, I think the Suns. I think the Suns could get involved. Um, every, every team, but I, again, I, I still go back to the Sixers. Like I, I think, I mean, I, I, I think if you're willing, if the Pelicans are willing to just completely reload or not reload, but, um, just hand off everything, then you could you could just trade a whole bunch of Sixers for a whole bunch of Pelicans and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I think the Sixers are interesting. I, I but the Raptors back. are too. Like if the Raptors yeah. give up, like if if the Raptors say, "All right, we'll start, we'll we'll deal Siakam." Fine. All right, let's do it. Let's get we'll, we'll get rid of Siakam and go from there. I think that's uh, I think I think that should be on the table because again, you're so when you when you look at teams with. A proven star already, or an All NBA guy, or a borderline All NBA guy in his prime, then you've got to add another guy in his prime to that, and that's what AD is. And you know, with with Kawhi there for the rest of this year, and then you also have Kyle. You also have Kyle Lowry. Um, yep. And again, you're in the Eastern Conference. You're in the East. Um, I, I'm 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 interested in I'm interested in that Raptors angle. Yeah, I think I, I think when we start to examine all the playoff teams. I think it makes it really interesting for this year. So I think you've got, if we're on the same page, and I, I think we are, if, if he's dealt before the trade deadline, I would have to imagine it would be a team that's either 
currently in the playoffs or with AD will be in the playoffs for this season, right? right. Do so the you Clippers get... have anything? That is a good question. I don't know. I mean, like how, you know, how interesting is Tobias Harris or, you know, Gallo's always banged up. I mean, yeah, I mean, to, I think. Know, what, uh, Tobias Harris, Shea Gilgis, Alexander. I mean, it depend, and again, it depends on what the, where, where the, what the Pelicans want to do. I mean, if I'm on the Pelicans, if you're going to trade AD, let's get rid of Drew Holiday also and 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 completely remake the look of our franchise. Yeah, and, right. and, and Holiday, think, by the, the Clippers, way. I think the Clippers would be interesting. The Clippers would be interesting. I mean, there's some really interesting parts there that, you know, Montrezl Harrell, the year that he's having so far this year, um, like you said, Gallinari, I mean, are they interested in Patrick Beverly? I mean, but they, they but Tobias Harris expiring, right? Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly expiring. Shea Gilgis Alexander, I think, has to get thrown in any deal that, oh, yeah, that yeah, they're doing. Sure. I, I totally agree. And the thing is, too, Drew Holiday, as you mentioned, I mean, $26 million, though, Drew is, is making. So now you're starting to probably talk a third team getting involved, I would imagine, to redistribute the salaries. I don't have Unless, the power for that. But I, but I, I do think now we're, we're starting to get into salary territory where we're getting other teams put in. And I agree, that's, what, that's when it starts to get dicey. And now, if, if look, if the Pelicans are caught by surprise in all this, then they're really in trouble because it's going to limit the amount of deals they can do because their cap experts haven't necessarily figured it out yet. But here's the other scenario. Let's say that they don't trade him at the deadline, okay? Everyone makes the assumption for the Celtics. The other one that's fascinating is this. Whoever gets the number one pick is now talking Zion Williamson. Now, we know that moves the needle. Yeah, I'd say. So, but here's the thing. If you're... If you're the Knicks, let's say, and you end up with the number one pick, are you giving up Porzingis coming off an injury and a guarantee, Silent Williamson, for Anthony Davis? If it's Anthony Davis and if it's Anthony Davis and Kyrie, yes. If it's if it's just Anthony Davis, no. But if it's Anthony Davis and Kyrie, or you're getting Anthony Davis and then you're getting Kemba Walker. Yes, but I'm I'm not I'm not doing it just for, I'm not doing it just for uh, I'm not doing it just just for Anthony Davis because I'm not I look and, and again for the Pel for the Pels too the I mean I could totally see Porzingis not re-signing there also no matter what the money is yeah like, well that's want, true he wants to be there no but well, the, what, the, what would you do what what would you do if you if you were the Knicks would you do that for just for AD or do you have to get somebody else. Would you have to have Kyrie or, or somebody else with him? I think that no, I'm I'm I agree entirely with what you're saying because I think if you're the Knicks, the fact that you could get Zion Williamson in the building would change the franchise. Like it, it would change everything. And you already have Porzingis there. So now all of a sudden New York becomes an exciting place to play. And I, I think now you're attracting free agents, which they've struggled with obviously over the last however long. Uh, I, I, I mean, think they've, they've, they've just struggled in everything in every way. But but I think now, like, think about the juice that's going to come back to the garden to have Zion Williamson there, I think would be unreal. I think he's he's the X factor in all of this, because now you're talking about it, which is what makes this whole Anthony Davis thing so fascinating to me, because how often is it that a guy goes on the trading block, a who's. One of the best players in the NBA doesn't happen that often, right? So we're excited already. B, 
playoff teams are extremely interested because they could all be in the mix this year. And then C, whoever has the number one pick would obviously be interested because now Zion Williamson's name gets thrown into this. I think that's what makes this thing so fascinating is that there are so many different ways this could go, which is why I, I, I feel like I'm going to be so let down when it just turns into the boring Lakers selection yeah, of right, a right, whole bunch of their young guys. Right, because right, those guys don't move the needle for me. And, no. I, and, I, lo- and I love how LeVar Ball is already out in front. Like, uh, yeah, Lonzo would prefer not to play for the Pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares where Lonzo prefers to play. Yeah, no, nobody cares. I, I, and I, I don't think he's going to be traded before the trade deadline. Okay, so where do you think he ends up? I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I, I do. I, I think he. I'm. I'm gonna say he ends up in Boston. Yeah. I'm gonna say I, he ends up in Boston, but I, but it, yeah, and and that's gonna be, but I don't say that. You know, I'll maybe I'll give that like a twenty percent, which is just more than anything else. My hope is that it's before the deadline and that it shakes everything up. But I think it's not. I think it's going to wait. I think they're going to wait. I think Vegas odds has Celtics first as as to where Anthony Davis will start next season. Celtics was first. I think Lakers second and, and Pelicans third. I think is what is what Vegas. I had. just I just want some other team just to go all in and say we want the East. Because I'd, I'd much rather be an Eastern Conference team. We want the East, and then give us the Warriors. And we're going to put Anthony Davis out there against the Warriors. I just want that to happen so badly. Oh, I, I, well, I, 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 think, I think the league needs it, too. I, I'm with you, and I want to get into the, to the Anthony Davis-Warriors impact in a moment. But I am curious about what this does now for, for Anthony Davis in terms of him being the villain. You know, he's sort of been the, the quiet, understated star in the NBA, and does this do to him what, you know, ha- happened to no. Durant, no, to no. what happened to Carmelo when, when Carmelo was, was wanting out of Denver? What, what do you think his reputation no. becomes? No. I, I think the KD thing is on a completely other level because Draymond was recruiting him all year. He sent him text. And, and they had just lost to the Warriors. The playoff when they were up, series, 3-1. When, when, when they were up 3-1. Exactly. That is... I don't. I put KD in a com- completely separate bucket and in a bucket where he will remain forever. That is that is nothing to. I, I can't. I can't compare any of these things. And so, all right. So he's you know. And and the problem is that nobody cares about the Pelicans. Nobody cares about the New Orleans franchise. It, that like is last, what it is. Like last year, it was great. Like the Pels, they swept. They swept the Blazers in the first round of playoffs. I don't care what seeds mm-hmm. are. They swept the Blazers in the first round of the playoffs. And and they were they're a great story. And then of course the Warriors got them. No, there is and it's and Jonah Carey, I did read this story. Jonah Carey from uh, cbssports.com, he's a great baseball writer. He wrote yep. and and he was talking about Mike Trout. He's like, "Does someone in baseball need to do this?" Like they're like Anthony Davis isn't taking any heat at all. And <laughs> and frankly, morally I don't think it's I don't think it's right what he's doing. You know, the guy's under contract. You play out your contract, but then you start thinking, all right, well, of course you want to be in the best situation, so you want to, you know, so you're you're you can't have it both ways. You're caught between a rock and a hard place. You you cannot have it both ways. You want to be in the you want to be in the right situation, and it means that 
you're going to be making this other party and, and the Pelicans um, be in hot water. You, you, just, you, you simply cannot have it both ways. But uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody is going to have any sort of ill will towards Anthony Davis because I don't think Anthony Davis, again, he hasn't said anything. We don't know, we really don't know anything about him. Um, and no one cares about the Pelicans. The, the shame in it all is with Boogie Cousins going down last year with the injury, uh, the torn Achilles. I, yeah. It's, it's such a shame because, not just for, for the sake of his injury, but also you wanted to see, okay, what would happen if Anthony Davis was aligned with another huge star? Right. Uh, obviously a unique star in that they were both bigs and they were putting up historic numbers for two frontcourt players. But you wanted to see that. And so now when you start to get into that question of, like, how much do you blame him? Like, is it, is it a bad thing morally or ethically for a guy if he actually is turning down the money and telling the team early, hey, listen, I, I don't want to be here, so I don't care what you offer. You could offer me $240 million. Right, which and right, which they be. will be. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I, I wonder if that's a bad thing because we complain about these guys only caring about the money. And then the moment that they, that they go the other way and say they want to win – but it's like in today's game, it's almost like, yeah, you're saying you want to win, but you're kind of saying more so like, I need other guys to do it. And by the way, the Warriors, and this is the point that I wanted to get to, the Warriors have made this the case. Um, you cannot win in the NBA. You cannot win an NBA championship if you're just one guy. And that's now proven, that's, that's borne out. I mean, we've seen it with... Even if it's now, two guys or, even if it's or two, two guys. and a half guys, you can't do it. So what should players be doing, I think, is, is the question. I mean, look at Kevin Durant. We know guys now care, elite guys care more now, for the most part, more about legacy than they do about, about the, that extra $30 million, which is, which is wild I, that we've reached this point. But they really do. And I think that's why I think Kevin Durant's going to leave the Warriors this offseason. I was telling you before the podcast, before you told me your incredible story about uh, your wife who uh, doesn't cry at funerals. Um, yeah, has she ever cried? At I, has she think cried? about that one for a moment. Have I been to a funeral with my wife? Uh, hmm. Yeah, we were dating when her grandma died. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah, no, she cried there. I don't okay. think we've okay. been to it. I don't think we've been to another funeral together. Oh, the only cried, question. No, she's, she's cried at weddings. And not, and not just okay. the wedding, and not just the weddings right. that we were at before we got married. When she was wondering, uh, are we ever going to get married? No, no, <laughs> How's it been this long? Right, right. She, yeah, she's she's great at weddings. Yeah, so she's not as hardened as you've as you've made her out to be. Right? No, no. She's okay. Well, I mean, she's she's just not sitting too far away from me, so I'm gonna. Oh, that. oh, okay. All right, good, yeah. good. We'll tell her I said hello. I, <laughs> I, I, I think the. I think the KD thing, though, I listen, I was telling you before, though, before that story, I was telling you that that I had heard that KD was was going to end up with the Clippers because he doesn't like LeBron James. So I think it's interesting if KD ends up with the Clippers Mm. and let's say Kawhi Leonard now goes to the Clippers. I mean, how much fun is this this offseason going to be? And and assuming that Anthony Davis doesn't get moved before the trade deadline, like you say. Now, Anthony Davis also has to factor in how am I going to compete not just with the Warriors, uh, but, but with the Clippers as well and some other teams. And think about it. And, and the reason KD would want to do that, for people who might be wondering, is that KD will never be considered 
the greatest player of all time or in that discussion as long as he's in Golden State. If he were to leave and goes to the Clippers and they win titles, now he can start to put himself in that discussion. Playing-wise, in terms of his ability, he is an all-time great. No one's questioning that. But I'm just saying in terms of – we have you heard it, Noah? Has anyone said to you, I think Kevin Durant is in the discussion as greatest player of all time? No, no, no. It's always like he's you – know, where does he rank amongst the great scorers of all time? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, yes. and like the whole thing with – and I don't want to go down the whole KD rabbit hole, but the whole thing with KD is like – all right, so – and fans is – Okay, so you want to judge guys based on championships, but you want it to be really difficult to get that championship. All right, well, well that just doesn't that just doesn't exist anymore. Like that's why, and that's why Iverson is so loved, and that's why winning Game One in the two thousand one finals is seen as like like Jordan going six for six in the finals, like because it was just because it was really hard. You know, that's all. Yes, and yeah. and and somehow, look, at some point, someone will come up with some metric that measures. And not just PER or usage rate, but they're going to come up with some metric that measures how your value really does play out in comparison to being on one of these super teams. Because we can no longer say anymore that guys guys shouldn't be judged anymore just by the number of rings that they have. I, I think that that's, that's kind of ludicrous because there is an impact that certain guys have. Um, but I, I also understand that Look, a lot of these guys understand they look at NBA history and say, we look at Charles Barkley and Reggie Miller and John Stockton and Carl Malone differently. Gary Payton. Right. Because and, Bar- they- and Barkley tried. He tried. He demanded the trade from Philadelphia. He tried. And then he, he tried, tried to get his ring. He tried to get his ring in Phoenix in 93. One, and one he almost did. He tried. He tried. And then Patrick and then Ewing. He tried to get, yeah, he tried to get it in Houston. He tried. Yes. Um, I mean, Wilt, Wilt demanded the trade back in, yes. back in the 60s. You know, I mean, this has, been going, this has been going on forever when, you know, guys want to be in different situations. So this is, you know, this, this, it's, nothing, it's nothing new. It's nothing new. Noah, what about, what about the concern now? Does, does Adam Silver have to do something about, I guess, collusion? Or tampering, or or this clutch sports problem, and LeBron James is well. Is yeah, yeah. is it okay. now? Is it now? Do we have a force that's now too powerful for the league? Yeah, the clutch thing. So the league has always said that they investigated it, and that LeBron is not like essentially LeBron is not making any money off of other players' contracts with clutch sports. Okay. So that so that so that's where it ends. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this it comes up all the time, but the league is, and and all what what else can we do? Like, I mean, we, I mean, I don't have time to do my own investigation, but this comes up, this comes up in every single conversation, and then I always say, well, the league, the league has already done this. It's not like, it's not like this is the first time the league has said, oh, geez, yeah, like, huh, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. I mean, LeBron is LeBron. LeBron's a star. He runs the league, and then, um, but he's not. They have concluded that he is not making any money off of. Tristan Thompson's contract or Anthony Davis's contract. But we all, we all know what, you know, we all know what it means. Yeah. We all know, we all know what it means. And, and LeBron, Le, LeBron going to Miami, he set the, set the precedent. LeBron he controls the league. And by signing all those one year deals, LeBron, LeBron changed the league. He's he, by far the most powerful guy in the league. Yes. No question. I mean, this is the same guy that got his head coach fired when they were winning the East. They were in first place in the East and, and got oh, his yeah. coach fired. 
and, yeah, and, and, this, he, and, and he might do it again. Yeah, that's true. This the scale and scope. And I, I think what people need to realize is that LeBron has pulled strings and what makes him the most powerful player in the not just most powerful player, most powerful person, as you point out, in the league is that he's able to pull strings for for future setups. I mean, he was determining who the Cavs would have as their head coach if he decided to go there. I mean, that's how powerful this guy is. Oh, no yeah. one else carries that kind of weight, you know, around. <laughs> and how about and how about this week? Richard Jefferson, I think he was on NBA radio, actually. And, and Richard Jefferson was asked about, like, the job that Luke Walton's doing. I mean, oh, you played with, you played with LeBron. So, you know, what do you think of the job? Uh, that's his best friend. Luke, Luke Walton and <laughs> Grew up Jefferson with are, him. Right. They're, they are best friends. So, I mean. Oh, just, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm always confused about, like, oh, well, RJ said, no, they're doing a great job. Oh, he played with LeBron. Great. Well, Luke Walton's best friend. So, I mean, I, again, I'll go back to, I hope that, and maybe we can close, maybe we can end with this for on the AD section. I hope that the, something is done before the deadline and it's to an Eastern conference team who's saying, F it, we're all in. And we've got him for two years for two playoff runs. And here we go. And their fan base can, can be fired up about it. And, it gives some sort of challenge to the Golden State Warriors. Yes. But I'm but I'm leaning towards the Boston Celtics in the offseason. And you're just saying Eastern Conference because AD in the East is is scary. Whereas yeah, like the right, Trailblazers. Right, because right, I like I still thing. don't think they beat the I still don't think they would beat the Warriors. Like I'm talking about like getting to you. the like getting to the NBA finals against the Golden State Warriors. Be awesome. It'd be awesome. What do you I, think? I I once again have to have to agree. I I think it would be so exciting. I mean, I'm just imagining now. Dame Lillard already gives the Warriors fits, and so to imagine him and Anthony Davis, the one guy that's sort of the uh, ointment, you know, uh, the the ointment, the fly in the ointment for uh, for for the Warriors yeah. could ultimately be Anthony Davis, which is what makes him so appealing to the Celtics. So I, I would, if I was to put a prediction on it, I really think that. The Lakers are the team that ends up with Ugh. with Anthony Davis, and it it's going to disgust me. Not because I'm a Laker hater, but more so because I just think it, they could do so much better. I really do. I think they need to think outside the box, and they could do so much better. But you know what, Noah? Both being guys with uh, you know south or, southeastern PA backgrounds, let's uh, let's pull for the Celtics. To, I mean, the Celtics. <laughs> Some, something I never said ever as a kid. You know, I'm I'm thinking about our producer again, Bruce Bernstein, who is the uh, ultimate Celtics fan. You're thinking about him too much. Way too much. But I, Sixers would be super exciting. I think. Can you imagine? That would be that would be fun. Uh, it'd be so great. Uh, it would be great. It'd be great. All right, let's get to next week's headlines. All right, no. Before we get to next week's headlines, time for a word from Pure Hoops Media. This show is called Catch and Shoot. With Noah and myself. I hope you knew that already because you've been listening for I did. nearly an hour. I, I knew you did, but I, the, I'm talking to somebody out there, Noah. Mm. You, you got to go long. You got to go long with this. Uh, there's a new one of these shows every Wednesday, the Pure Hoops podcast with uh, Bulls legend and current NBA agent BJ Armstrong, along with co host Eric Newman, drops a new episode every Friday. And Mondays, we have a fresh version of the Wise Ass Show with basketball journalist extraordinaire 
Mike Wise. Love listening to Mike's podcast. His insights and guests will always tell you something you thought you knew, but you actually didn't. Check out all three shows each week wherever you get your podcasts. And please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell us that we're doing a great job, or at least Noah is doing a great job. I love working with the guy. That was fascinating. Oh, you're so sweet. All right. Next week's headlines. But first, let's look back at last week's headline prediction. So I said Joel Embiid was going to drop 35 on the Nuggets. Well, he didn't play, so that didn't work out. But I did say that <laughs> LeBron would get to the point where this week he'd say, all right, <laughs> screw this. You guys, you guys are awful. I'm back. And he kind of did with the, with the rumors coming out about Luke Walton and his job and Anthony Davis calling <laughs> for a trade. That, and, and then LeBron, LeBron working out and uh, like he's, he basically did that without saying, I'm back. So I think I, I think I, I, I kind of hit that one. I think you aced it. I think you aced it. But no, I don't think you, I don't remember one of mine. I know I, I, I had two last week. One of them, though, I know for sure that I did ace. Uh, oh, wait. So you don't remember the, the one that you didn't, that you, that you I, failed I, on? I'm, oh. I'm, I'm pretending to not, not yeah, recall. Yeah, that's, that's, that's that, convenient. That one. Yeah, that's convenient. Uh, but what I do remember, and I'm sure you remember, I said that James Harden would top the Rockets. Uh, record for points in a game which was which was his own record of 60 and what did he do the next night Noah? yeah <laughs> 61 he scored 61 and everyone went crazy so yeah, crazy. um we we have the 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 whole um next next week's headlines thing figured out i think so yeah something like that but no that was that was pretty awesome that was pretty awesome you really i mean i had to stretch to get my lebron one you you nailed that one what do you have what do you have for this week fellas what do you see in your crystal ball? The first one, I'm going to stick with the Rockets now, and I'm just going to go more a team concept here, Noah. Rockets are rolling is next week's headline. Now they've won three in a row, and for as great as James Harden has been during this stretch, and I got into an argument with a future brother-in-law uh, a few days ago who thought he wasn't impressive. Over he this? basically Over how good James Harden's been. He, he, he said that, that the streak wasn't that impressive to him. He said you can pretty much put anybody in that situation, oh. tell them to shoot a lot, and it'll it's like happen. like your sister, like, like ugh, does your sister I don't, really I'm, love I'm, him? I'm telling her, thinking about calling off the, the whole deal now. Uh. He's a good kid, but, um, you know, study up, study up. Uh, but what, what I would say, though, is for as impressive as Harden's run's been, Chris Paul's return is exactly what Harden has needed. Gives him a break with the ball handling. Gives him another guy that's going to take some tough shots. And by the way, they just recently won their first game scoring under 105 in over a month. So they don't need to now go crazy and outscore you anymore. So I actually think the Rockets are going to win the next few. Rockets are rolling. It's not just going to be the James Harden show is the headline for next week. All right, I'm going to go with the Warriors and something simple that – Warrior streak hits 13, lucky number 13, because they're going to beat the Sixers at home on Thursday. No, they only have two games this week. They've got the uh, the Sixers on Thursday, and then they've got the Lakers at home on Saturday. W on an ABC, on an ABC game. W. And they are they are going to smoke the Lakers. It, that's one of those. Like the Warriors have a few statement games, as if the Warriors need to make a statement. They are going to smoke the Lakers on Saturday night. So that's that's uh, that's, that's my first one. 
that's going to be one of those we don't even wait till the third quarter to turn it on. We'll do it in the first half. Yeah, right? that's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And my second one before um, I'll give my second one right now. So I think we're going to be talking about that the All Star Draft next year is not going to be on the same day as the trade deadline. So trade deadline day is February seventh, and the mm-hmm. All Star Draft is February seventh. And I'm surprised that. Well, I guess the NBA couldn't avoid it because they always do. They want to do the All Star Draft on on a TNT night. Although it would have been nice if they gave it to NBA TV to give to give them some love um, and boost some sort of rating. But anyway, so they give it to TNT and they can't move the trade deadline and it has, has to be the Thursday night before the All-Star game. So uh, before All-Star week. So it's next year. They're not going to do that because the NBA likes to make headlines where they can. And when you have two events on the same day, that's not a that's not an NBA thing. Yes, I, I love that. I love it. I it, it it shouldn't even be the case right now. I'm glad that you're pushing for that. I'm glad that you're hopeful about that. I think that will be the headline. I, I love that, Noah. So I'm looking out for that headline this week. Good. How about them Hornets? You see, I said you nobody the, ever. <laughs> well, this, this is true. This is true. And I have family in Charlotte and they haven't they haven't said that. Can I stay uh, with them during the All Star game? Oh, yeah, you absolutely could. Nice place. Thanks. You might, it, are you okay staying on a couch? Yeah, sure. I didn't. I didn't know how how you feel about that. I didn't know if you were one of these guys that needs to be in a bed. No, that's cool. Okay. Well, I, the way I look at this Hornet situation is more so talking about the bottom half, the playoff teams in the East. It seems like you look at some of these teams. Look, the bottom feeders in the East are all tanking. That's a given. But you look at sort of where the playoffs shake out. The Hornets right now in eighth place. Uh, they are at the Celtics on Wednesday night then home against the Grizzlies Friday, home to the Bulls on uh, on Saturday. I think by this time next week, Noah, we're talking about a team that's at least won two or three, maybe three or three, and they'd won five of their last seven. I think the Hornets are going to start establishing themselves only because the other teams near the uh, bottom of the playoff seedings in the East uh, don't really care. Like It seems like everybody's nonchalant. No one's consistent. The Nets, who have been pretty hot lately, you know, lose Spencer Dinwiddie for a long stretch. So I just think the Hornets are the one team in the back end of the East playoff standings that I think is going to have a chance to move up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, you you lost me when you said here come the Hornets. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You're I sleeping. I, I think You're I blacked. I think you don't I even blacked. need the couch. I think I blacked out. <laughs> here comes here come the Hornets. Here come the Hornets. I sound like their PR guy. Like, yeah, yeah. I wanted that. I wanted that radio job at this off season. I was a finalist for that radio play-by-play job, so I did. I spent some time on the phone with their PR guy. Oh, I thought I was okay. gonna get. I thought I was gonna get the job, but I didn't get the job. So uh, you should have said, "Here come the Hornets." Yeah, I, I, yeah, I pretty much said everything that I that okay. I thought I should have said. But uh, you know, what can you do? What can you do? All right, let's uh, let's go off the rails. I think we're about to go off the rails. So we started by uh, with a story about my daughter. I'm gonna I'm gonna close with another quick one. Glitter is the worst. The worst. And it's it's on my mind like pretty much every day. And and Eden knows that I hate glitter also. And like even today, like we had to go into her class this morning and talk about how she got her name. So my wife and I went in this morning, you talk for ten minutes and that's it. And the chairs that the teacher gave us to sit down on, full of glitter. Oh. Like I like I, I felt like I, I just left a rave or something and I left her <laughs> I left pre K. It's like if a teacher wants to increase their their tip at the end of the year their gift at the end of the year or holiday gift whatever you tip I, your teachers 
Yeah, you give like holiday gifts, like class mm. holiday gifts and stuff. Why did you? Why would you wait to the end of the year though? If you're gonna no, no, you do no, you do it in uh, do it holiday time. Uh, you do teacher appreciation, and then you do also do it at the end of the year. See, yeah, I would so do it right like, before a big test. Uh, well, fourth grade, you know, I'm not fourth grade. She's four years old. So, okay. and um, fair so, enough. Yeah, right, right before the big glitter toss, we give her a big tip. But I think the I think the teacher should I think it should be like her thing. I think teachers should say every year, like a weekend, send a letter home to the parents. Say, you know, I've really been thinking about this, and I, I'm not going to do any projects with glitter. I, I just too messy, and like that becomes like her bit. And every teacher is like, oh, she's the greatest. Like, that's that's amazing, because I just there's glitter everywhere in our apartment, and and Eden and Eden knows it. And she does she does do a pretty good job containing it, but glitter should be banned from anywhere oh. except the classroom. And please. If if you have a glitter that is all over some art project, invite me in to see it in the classroom. Do not bring it home. So it's like it's like the opposite of of peanuts, right? Like where they don't allow them in classrooms, but you can have them outside. And, right, and glitter in is encouraged. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. God. I well, and listen, I agree. Having two daughters of my own, I I totally uh, I understand. There, it's. Uh, horrific experience to try to get glitter out of out of anything um you know it's you know it's funny we didn't plan it this way noah yeah but um we don't plan anything didn't we that's true but speaking of glitter it makes for a good segue uh about a, a quick 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 story about the uh craziest one of the craziest nights of my life that it started in a in a strip club in in kansas <laughs> Um, I go for my four-year-old daughter to a strip club in Kansas. Yeah, I, I, I know it, it feels bad that we're going this way. I just planned to tell you this story, even though, okay. um, I don't know. Anyway, so we're out and about. I'm in, I'm in Topeka, Kansas. Uh, my first job I was a news reporter out there, and uh, I remember we used to party with the the weather guy who would always be at the uh, at the local strip club. He was like a regular; they knew him there. But somehow I ended up out with him one night. And the way that like Topeka, Kansas was at the at the time, and I don't know how much it's changed, but the city had like two hundred fifty thousand people. But the moment that you go outside city limits, I mean, it was tumbleweeds. You know, typical Midwest. Like the moment mm-hmm. that you go out of the metropolitan area, uh, there's nothing. But this but this club was like a, a little ways outside of the, the city, and so we go. We're we're hanging out, and I walk into the bathroom, and I'm I'm pretty pretty drunk, and. Just as a joke, I turn to this random person next to me, and I'm like, where's the party tonight? At, I don't know what prompted me to say that. The guy's like, are you serious? We got a party right around the corner here. I said, oh, okay. Well, so I was with a group of people. We all end up following this other group that we met in a strip club bathroom to their place. It's a condo. Yeah, what else? Yeah. What what else are you going to do when you're young and living in Topeka, Kansas yeah, on your sure. own, trying to make it as a news reporter, by so the way? So far, all makes sense to me. Sure. We get to this condo. The guy opens up the, the uh, garage door. And in, in their garage was a hot tub. And in the hot tub was like six naked women. I... I can't believe my now keep in mind I'm still drunk. I can't believe my luck here that I've just walked into like the greatest party of all time. So I decide, <laughs> sure, I'll I'll get in the hot tub, right? So I I get in the hot tub with with these people, a, a couple of friends had, had come with me, get in the hot tub. Um we're talking to them. It turned out 
there was a mother and a sister, I mean, a mother and a daughter Stop in the hot it. tub. Stop I, it. No, it was incredible. And they were boasting about it. I mean, this was, this was unreal. So uh, we end up talking to these people. And I guess I must have revealed, like, too much about myself, of course, as, as typically happens. Anyway, I go to like, leave. Like, like you're doing with this story. <laughs> yeah, well, no kidding. So I go to leave. I'm, I'm, I'm now driving back to... Uh, I'm now driving back to my place, and I realized, you know, oh, I, I forgot my hat. I had left a hat there. I, of course, have to go back. And I'm thinking to myself, why would I leave, right? It's, it's, it's like this once-in-a-lifetime right, that, experience. That was my question. Why did you right, – like, Why did I leave? How, how, did you so, just, how did you just yada, yada, yada your way, and then, like, I left? Yeah, I just – well, that was the thing. So I, I, I thought it was a good idea to leave, and then I probably had second thoughts, and so subconsciously leave the hat there. But regardless, I know I have to go back. I go back to the house. Uh, back to this, um, and, and I go into the garage again. Um, and the guy that was like running this thing that I had met at the club, like says, Hey man, why don't you come inside? I'd love to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like that was so nice of you to bring me to this house that has a whole bunch of naked women in the hot tub. We go in the place and no joke, Noah, there are naked women walking around this condo, like casually. Like, that doesn't happen. It just, I, that I've seen, it's not my experience that was, I've was experienced. This, was this. this some sort of, like, illegal ring he's running? Well, so, so we, get to, we get to the next part. So he's like, hey, man, why don't you come out back for a little bit with me? I, th- this is serious. So I, I go with him. We go out back. He's got a porch. And we sit down. And it's him and I and then, like, two of his friends. And it starts to dawn on me now, like, all my friends are now gone because they left initially yeah. when I did. And it was probably a dumb move to, for me to come back. But I wasn't thinking straight. And he's sitting down and he starts saying, so, wait a minute, you're, you, do, uh, you do the news here, you were saying. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's news reporter is what it is. And now keep in mind, a news reporter in Topeka, Kansas at this time, I was making seven sixty nine an hour. I look... On the middle of this table of this this deck furniture, and there is this gigantic bowl of cocaine, like out out of Scarface. I do no, I'm not a I'm not a drug guy. I'm not a drug guy. So I'm like, all right, this is a bad situation. I need to get myself out of it. I shouldn't be here. But I'm also, meanwhile, still turning around and seeing in the living room these right. women walking around. So it's sort of like maybe I should stay for a little while. And he but I don't realize the guy's hinting to me like he's like, So you're in news. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, you better not say a word of this ever. Right, of course. Right. And I'm like now realizing, oh, he's threatening me to leave. So I'm like, you know what? It's been so nice to meet you guys. You can forget that we ever met or this ever happened. Uh, I hope you guys have a great night. I left. I think I left the hat in the place, so I didn't end up with the hat. Drove home that night safely. Never saw the guy again. But I have to say it's one of the wildest nights of my life, and I appreciate that uh, you got me there with your, your glitter segue. Jesus Christ. Yep. Yep. When was the last time you you told your boys that story that you guys talked about that? Uh I haven't really talked to the people in Topeka in a long time, to be honest with like, you. Did you guys you know. all right, so after that night, because I know mm-hmm. if you could have told me more details about this story and you'll do it offline because you, you would have actually told you would have said Actually it. that is you most said. of the details. That honestly but yeah, if I have a couple more, I'll fill it. Right, right. Sure. So, wh- what were you, what were your conversations like the next day with the people who you were at the party with originally? Well, I think everyone started it with, "Hey, well, I, the people that went with us, 
uh, said, wait a minute, we got there because you met some dude in the bathroom, uh, which was weird enough, right? So that that was those conversations. And then the people that weren't with us also asked that question, but they said, what the hell did you get into last night? We heard it was some weird stuff. Uh, and then I heard that like a few of the people I had first gotten there with left right away because they recognized immediately how bad of a scene it was. But uh, I did not. I did not. In fact, I thought it was quite enjoyable. And I still, I still think back finally, fondly to that mother-daughter combo. I, I th- they were very nice people, if you're, if you're wondering. I wasn't wondering. Okay. okay. I mean, I was thinking about other things, but I was not wondering if they were nice people. No. Um, no. no. I know. It's a fascinating story, and it really I, happens. It may, it may, Topeka, it, Kansas like, has like some it, crazy stuff outside the city limits. Like, it makes me think of, like, when I went to a Vegas pool party, and I... I at a, for a bachelor party, and I said to my buddy, like, who are these girls' fathers? Like, I can, I can never have a daughter. <laughs> and, of course, I have a daughter. But you can, you can look back on a mother-daughter. Oh, dude. This it is, was crazy. I got it. It was I, I, crazy. We got to say thanks to everyone in the Pure Hoops media world and, uh, like, clip this story separately and get that out. Because, like, I, I, I just don't want to say anything dumb. Yeah, <laughs> just, and, 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 and no, it's been, it's been a pleasure doing this last podcast with you that yeah. we'll ever do. Right, exactly. <laughs> the Pure Hoops Media team will not have us back. It's been a pleasure. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. I'm, I'm, I actually, I'm stunned. Yeah, I gotta get the uh, my way to the airport tomorrow. I gotta, gotta give you a call. <laughs> get the rest of that story. All right, so uh, remember to to subscribe. Rate and review the podcast. We appreciate everybody listening. Share it with all of your friends. Uh, if you can get through the hoops talk, you, you get stories like it, like this at the end. I guess uh, I guess I got to step up my game. Adam, yeah, pleasure. Thanks, pal. Hey, it's it's been awesome. We should probably thank to Jeff James, Jeff Turner, yeah, Bruce Bernstein, the whole pure hoops team. It gets cut out every week. It gets cut it out. It does. Every week. It does. But I I really want to say thanks to them this week for. Uh, for giving us the chance to do at least three episodes this podcast.